Before we begin, let's mention our sponsor, Honor Athletics. That's right, Sensei. Make them your go-to source for all your karate needs and more. Us. You can contact them at honor-athletics.com or give them a call at 770-945-5150. And please mention Wildcat Dojo for your 10% discount. Thanks, Thanks, guys. guys. Oh, we did it backwards. Instead of saying Honor Athletics in the front, we said it. Thanks, guys, in the back. I loved it. This is Wildcat Dojo Conversations. I wanted to say good morning. Good morning. I think I will say good morning because it actually is morning for three more minutes. Good morning, everybody. Good morning, Sensei. (laughs) Welcome to Wildcat Dojo Conversations. I'm Sensei Michelle. And I'm Sensei Jackie. And we have no Landon. But today we're lucky enough to have Sensei Max here again. Hi and welcome. Hello. Thanks for having me today. We are so glad to have you on the show, Sensei. He was on back in June of 2020. Can you believe that? Was that long ago? I looked it up. Wow. Right? It was a while ago. You were but a child. And we want you to go back and listen because he was telling us great stories about his time in a monastery, and he's been continuing his monastic life since then. So, uh, Sensei Max, is there anything you'd like to tell us about what you're going to be doing going forward from here? So, my plans for January, around mid-January, I'm going to Virginia to stay at a place called Forestama for at least a month, but potentially a year. And I might be doing something called Anagarika training, which will be this year-long process of basically pre-monk training. Wow. That sounds both exciting and overwhelming. Definitely. And I'm not 100% sure I'll be staying there for a year. So we'll see how the month goes and I'll take it from there. Are you allowed to uh, have any contact with your family while you're in the monastery? Yes. Oh, cool. So we can keep in touch and we'll keep our listeners informed on whether you came home and moved on to a different place or what you decided to do. That's right. Because I'm sure that even during the Anagarika training, that there are choices that you get to make along the way. Well, a large part of it is temporarily giving up your choices so that you can have an expanded view of other potential choices that you have. Ah. Strangely, that makes sense. It really does. So whenever you're in town, you and I take time to talk. And we have oftentimes compared karate ideas and monastic ideas. Is that an okay way for me to say it? Yes. Oh, good. And how it all intertwines with everyday life, right? Yes. So one of the things that you have taught me is that I want to say your basic training, but then that sounds like I'm talking about the army. (laughs) I don't mean it like that. (laughs) Well, in a way, it is like basic training. It is basic training. I mean, whether it's the army or anybody else. So can I say your basic training is is based on the eightfold path? Can I say it like that? Sure. That would be a fine way to say it. (laughs) And that, in turn, is based on something called the Four Noble Truths. Yes. Oh, and I even wrote right here in my script, can we have a minute to talk about how cool is the word noble? Yes. 
So one of my teachers has an article in Tricycle Magazine, which is like a meditation Buddhist magazine. And he goes over this word noble and what it, what it means in terms of the Four Noble Truths. He talked about the dictionary definition he saw for noble, and it said it, it's listed as preeminent, highly virtuous, and deserving respect. And he said that those definitions cover the word nobility because being noble is preeminent, highly virtuous, and deserving of respect. And this is Ajahn Jeff. I think I listened to his podcast. Does he do a podcast, Sitzimax? He has lots of teachings on YouTube and, and his website. Yeah, I think that's where we caught him. Yes, because he was talking about the Four Noble Truths. He, he, he has a, a beautiful way of speaking. I thought so. Okay, let's get back to the Eightfold Path. I realize that when I use the words really quick and I'm talking to someone who spends time in a monastery, they're kind of conflicting. <laughs> Am I right? Well, I mean, you could you could use the words. <laughs> but real quick, I'd like to just mention all eight folds of the path. Why don't you go ahead and do that for me, please, Sensei Max? Sure. So it's right view, right resolve, right speech, right action, right livelihood, right effort, right mindfulness, and right concentration. Every one of those is interesting. Everyone is interesting and uh, a topic for many days to, to study. Here's the plan. Every time you come to town, we'll, we'll tackle one. <laughs> so, sounds good. <laughs> I love that. But today, we're going to tackle, are you guys ready for it? Okay, Sensei. Right speech. Ooh. I know. But we can only get one thing done on this show. And I definitely think the listeners should tell us what they think we should tackle next. Of all of the seven left. Good idea. Right? Yes. Okay, so it's super easy to get in touch with us. We're all over the web at Wildcat Dojo. If you add the words .com, you're on our webpage. If you add the word conversations, you're on our Instagram page. I knew that was it. I just forgot real quick. And if you write dojo conversations at AOL, it'll come straight to me as an email. So I believe, Sensei Max, that before we even started recording today, you and myself and Sensei Jackie were having a little bit of a giggle about the irony of having a talk about right speech. Yeah, I think it's a perfect topic for us to discuss. It's just wild, right? We're talking, we're talking about speech, and then we're talking about doing it right. And it is more involved than people think. Do you guys all agree with that? Absolutely. There's so much power in our words, and people don't realize the importance of the words that they express and how much power there really is there. And sometimes they don't think before they speak, so that the, the power is not necessarily in the correct direction or the right direction. Exactly. And it has the power for healing. It has the power for destruction. So it's incredibly important to use it appropriately. It is incredibly important. Let's just hang for a minute on the word words. And I'm going to go first with an example. I've got one. How about just putting please at the end of a sentence? Ah, that's right? great. That's not a bad example of leave it out. You get one outcome. It's an order. Put it in. You get a, another feeling in the conversation. It's more of a request. That's a really Definitely. A good one. I was thinking... Making a request versus giving a command, saying something like, would you mind 
taking out the garbage versus, hey, you go take out the garbage. There, there's a difference there. That's, there's such a difference. And I love that you went with the garbage because years ago when I was teaching a lot of seminars on how to teach children, I used to talk about how you notice when somebody gets it wrong and you reprimand them, but you don't notice when they didn't get it wrong and compliment them. So they get more attention when they get it wrong than when they get it right. Yes. Can you see that visual? Absolutely. It's important to have those rewards. Yeah. And so I used to use taking out the garbage as an example. I would say to the people who, who came to the class, so 10 times the person whose job it is to take out the garbage does it and you don't say anything. But the one time they forget or let it go or, you know, whatever, that's when you bring it up. But it's really important to notice when somebody does get it right. And that's another use of words. Exactly. So this is kind of a silly one, but it's the use of words. When I used to go to a butcher to get my meat for the week, he always used to call me honey. Okay, honey, what do you want? When all he had to say was, what can I get you today? And his intent, I do not believe was negative. By leaving that word out or the negative use of a word, I would have felt so much more respected. That is really interesting. Now, I'm sure, Sensei Max, you haven't been called honey at the butcher shop. <laughs> but Not at the butcher shop. Now, that leads us to so many other questions. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm stopping that because I'm getting too many visuals and it's not pretty. <laughs> okay, so this is a great way for me to segue to my personal weakness isn't so much which word I choose as my tone of voice. Sometimes I lose control of my tone of voice and it's very embarrassing for me. If we're not totally in the moment when we're speaking to someone else and something is bothering us or talking to us in the back of our brain, the tone of voice can come out just totally wrong. I I agree with that. Definitely. So it's interesting. The tradition of meditation that I practice comes from the Thai forest. So this is Thailand and The Thai language is incredibly tonal, so different intonations will have different meanings. You can say the same word, and it can mean three different things based on the inflection you use. Can you give me any examples? Because that is so mind-boggling to me. Sure. So I think one would be ma, ma, ma. So there's like a rising tone, a falling tone, a more flat, stable tone, and I've heard stories of funny misunderstandings based on wrong intonation. I'm sure. I wonder if we can find an example of that in our own language. Like, how about the word what? What? Yeah, said three different ways. What? Exactly. Yeah, sure. Mm -hmm. I can see how that can be. So it turns out that one of the things that we could play with over the next portions of our lives is tone of voice. Yes, and to go back to the Eightfold Path, what is the right tone of voice? Are we right-intentioned in using that tone? And how can we help others? I love it. And I'm wondering if the, the people who teach the Eightfold Path use the simple words, right speech, to force the student to explode in their brains. What does that mean? Yes, and... There are descriptions of things to keep in mind when speaking. So it's like a filter in your mind before you speak. For example, 
is this true? Is it the appropriate time? Mm. Is it helpful? So these are things we can reflect on to see, is this something worth saying? Is it going to be beneficial? Yes. And do you find that when you speak to someone who's trained, that they don't answer super quickly, that they take just a beat when they are talking and that you need to give them a second to consider? That is interesting. That's something I've pondered myself because once I came into contact with this idea of right speech and doing my best to be honest in everything I say and trying to reflect on is it is it helpful, I was thinking, how are these teachers able to speak so quickly, so concisely, so expansively without taking five minutes to go go on a walk and reflect on the question to make sure they're saying the most appropriate thing? And I think that just comes with more experience, more training. Some people take longer, you'll see at a monastery to reflect, to answer a question. Some teachers, it's almost like they're answering before you've, you've gotten the question out of your mouth. Amazing. I think because they've heard the question before. That's one thing for sure. Right? Because after many years, a person in that same role understands what the student is going through, having literally been down that path before them. Yes, Sensei. And some of them have these expansive sets of teachings they can just pull from whenever they need it and give it immediately. I think you're right. I agree. Yes. I want to bring up a tool that lightens somebody's load, which is just a silly joke. Yes. Humor is so important. Absolutely. I like to have a little library of jokes in in the back of my mind, because sometimes when you're with somebody and they just have like the blues, it helps to, I don't know, What's the word I want there? Jolt them into a different frame of mind? Yes, it takes them across that that bridge of sadness. Yeah, when they have the blues, you got to get them jazzed up. Somehow, right? That's it. And in my experience, the dumber the joke, the farther they go away from the original thought, although not always with laughter. (laughs) Sometimes with a groan. That's right. Like painful dad jokes. (laughs) (laughs) Which I love. I do too. I'm sorry. I just read one yesterday. Well, do you want to hear it? Sure. Yeah. I went into the kitchen and I said to my dad, I'm hungry. And he said, hi, hungry. Where's my son? Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I I do that with my niece. Yesterday, (laughs) I I took them out and she was saying, Uncle Max, I'm hungry. I'm hungry. I said, hi, hungry. I'm Uncle Max. Oh, that's awesome. See, you actually did a dad joke and you didn't even know it. And I have the corollary to that. Are you tan from the sun? Uh, and then I say, no, I'm Jackie from the earth. <laughs> oh, no. Okay. And as it turned out, this is a joke podcast. Who knew? We once did an all, was it all Chuck Norris jokes or all karate jokes? Chuck Norris. We once did a five minute all Chuck Norris joke short and it's still out there. You can go back and listen to it. Maybe I'll hook oh. the link in and people can pull it up only five minutes. And, and in case they need laughter, they can, you know, click it. There you go. Or maybe not laughter, maybe just uh, a good groan, groan. is just as good. Okay, I'm going to push us on here. I was wondering what you think, Sensei Max, about the use of no words, of quiet within the concept of right speech. Quiet. Wait, can I make well, a joke before you answer? Sure. What if we just sat here and didn't say anything for like 20 seconds? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's negative right speech. It's and negative there speech. you have it, folks. That's our takeaway. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's very safe. 
because if you're not speaking, then you have a lot less chance to say something that's not going to be helpful. So I think there's a quote, if I remember correctly, it's better to be silent and be thought a fool than to speak and remove all doubt. I think my favorite quote, I have heard that before. And I think it's Mark Twain. I think it is. And maybe he took it from someone else. We don't know. And, and quiet is one of those things that oftentimes makes people uncomfortable, but oftentimes is just the right thing to do. The person you're with, they really don't need you to fix anything or tell them anything. They just need to feel your compassion near them. You guys agree with that? For sure. I do. And I believe that compassion and presence send out their own nonverbal vibrations, which can definitely help them heal. And that's a topic for another day is meta meditation, spreading those thoughts, vibrations of goodwill, love, kindness to other people. Oh, I want to hear that one since they met. <laughs> now you're making me excited. Gosh, who is it that's trying to ruin that word for us? Which one of them? Oh, uh, Zuckerberg. Thank you. It's okay. They'll try to ruin every word before it's all said and done, right? Different spelling. Oh, it's a different spelling? Yes. Thank you. Good One good thing. How do you spell it? Meta, like what they're using at Facebook is M-E-T-A. Right. And then like the metaverse and meta loving kindness and, and goodwill is M-E-T-T-A. Oh. oh, that makes me so much happier. You have no idea. That makes me very happy as well. And yet another speech word thing that works for us. Yes. So we have established the advice. I'm not sure if advice is the right word. So you fix me, okay? That your training has imparted as far as how to decide what is worth saying and what is not, which is things like, is it helpful? Is it honest? Yes. And we also got... Uh, one good Mark Twain quote, those two things I think are, are, are really, well, I don't know about Mark Twain's quote, but those um, adages from your training are really the big takeaway, don't you think? Oh, I do. And we can see that they're becoming embodied in you, Sensei Max. Absolutely. It's fun to watch you because you're on, on video with us to see how your face reacts during the, the question time. I'm so impressed. I'm also impressed with the clarity of your answers. Oh, thank you, Sensei Jackie. You're welcome. Appreciate it. So before I start to close off, is there one aspect of speech that you wanted to go over? Sure. I just want to be very specific about the main focus of right speech, or at least a good hard and fast rule, which is, is it true? So from what I understand, the Buddha gave the question, is it true, as the priority to focus on. And the other ones, yelling at someone who's in the street to get out of the street can be helpful. There's also, there's also a recommendation against harsh speech, but it's not a hard and fast rule the same way as honesty is, because there are times when harsh speech can be appropriate and helpful. So harsh speech, divisive speech, and idle chatter are things that are recommended to avoid, but they're not hard and fast rules against them. Because, for instance, divisive speech, there may be someone who you know, like let's say at a auto repair shop, you know that they don't do a good job, you know that they're not being honest, so you tell your friend, hey, I wouldn't recommend this auto repair shop. It might be considered divisive, but you're trying to help your, your friend avoid getting taken advantage of. And also idle chatter, speaking without necessarily a strong intention, just speaking to speak, 
But there are times like when you go to work in social situations where to be friendly with other people, you're going to just have to talk about things that don't necessarily have that much importance. But there's a reason for it. You're building relationships. I followed all that. That sounds really, really good. And it is an excellent way for us to bring this conversation to a close. Will you run through, in no special order, the list of filters one more time? Sure. So is it true? Is it helpful or beneficial? Is it timely? And a couple other ones are, is it spoken with kindness and is it endearing or spoken gently in a way that the other person can actually hear? I love it. I do too. Remember when I said how much I love the word noble? Yes. I also love the word endearing. It has such a big heart when I think of it. Do you guys have that? Yes, and the softness. Yeah, I think it's one of the better words. Agree. And I think this is one of our better podcasts. Oh, I enjoyed this so much. Thank you so much, Sensei Max. Thank you so much, Sensei Jackie. Thank you, Sensei Michelle. It was I awesome. I really enjoyed this. It was awesome having you on the show. What a fun time we had. That's so true. You know, we don't have land in here, so we're going to just do the goodbyes together. Are you ready? I'm ready. And with that, we're, we're signing, signing out. out. Thanks for stopping by. We will see you next time on Wildcat Dojo Conversations.